listeners, welcome back into Whisper in the Wings from Stage Whisper. We have a fantastic episode in store for you today. We've got a great organization joining us and a great guest. We have the director of programs over at Action Play Network, Jackson Tucker Meyer, whose upcoming show, OMG, It's Magic School, is playing May 13th and 14th at Baruch College's Rose Nagelberg Theater. You can get your tickets and more information by visiting actionplay.org. And this is a wonderful, wonderful show um, reflecting neurodiversity, which April was Neurodiversity Month or Awareness Month. And we're really excited to be able to have Action Play Network on our show. And with that, I, I probably should just go ahead and bring our guest on, Jackson. Welcome to Whisper in the Wings from Stage Whisper. I'm so honored to have you here with us. Oh my gosh, thank you so much, Andrew. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you so much. I have been looking forward to this interview for so long. I, I can't wait to hear more about this show. As I mentioned, this is a show, re, you know, kind of tied to neurodiversity. As I mentioned, April was Neurodiversity Awareness Month. And now here we are with this great show, OMG, It's Magic School. I want to start by asking you, can you tell us a little bit about this show? Absolutely. Yeah, I feel like I could talk about the story of the show and then the story behind the show as well. But uh, OMG, It's Magic School is a new musical about a school for magical creatures and sorcerers and also like a couple of random regular humans who somehow got into. And the the mean principal who's a werewolf uh, is threatening to shut down the school because he just doesn't want to deal with the kids anymore. And he wants to like write it off on his taxes or whatever, cut costs. So they end up rebelling against him to save their school. The the kids are actually fighting to get back into school, which is, I think, not usually the case, but it's a very unusual, delightful, quirky show. It is directed by a fabulous autistic theater director named Kate Trammell. The music was composed by a really terrific composer named Sammy Grob. And as far as the story behind the show goes, so Action Play is a theater nonprofit dedicated to providing autistic and neurodivergent and disabled teens and young adults with equal access to the theater making process. I am an autistic theater artist myself, so this is a mission that is very near and dear to my heart. And basically... OMG, It's Magic School was created through our AIMS program, which every year we create an original musical in collaboration with our ensemble of autistic people. It really just comes from their ideas, their interests, their improvisations. They come up with scenes and characters and songs in the rehearsal room. And then our staff of theater professionals who are all working in the field just work together to create, you know, the most elevated, awesome realization of these young people's original ideas and just really honoring that idea and honoring the characters that they're creating and also performing as. So it's a really, really delightful program and it's pretty one of a kind. I mean, it, it stemmed initially from the Miracle Project, which is out in Los Angeles. But we've we've been around for 11 years. I've been director of programs for like a couple of years now. And it's it's just a really, really beautiful thing. What an incredible organization. What an exciting show. I'm living and loving all of this. 
<laughs> so now you mentioned like this is kind of an improv show or initially the idea. So how did you come up with the idea for this particular show this year? Oh, yeah, totally. So at the beginning of our rehearsal process uh, in October, we, we rehearse over Sunday mornings for about eight months. At the beginning of our rehearsal process, this is how we do it every year. We basically just asked our actors to brainstorm just like a bunch of things that they're interested in, like whether they're interested in exploring it at a show or just like interested, period. And there were a lot of magical concepts thrown around, like somebody wanted to be a magical music teacher or a music therapist and other people were interested in creatures and people were also very interested in exploring like high school themes or doing some sort of like high school sitcom and so from that the idea of a magic school show ended up developing sort of organically and we spent a lot of time at the outset of the process really delving into the characters that these young people wanted to create figuring out the whole like story of their characters their personality their backstory what their whole deal is from there we started like putting these characters together in interesting situations just like throwing spaghetti at the wall in the form of improvisations eventually we got to a point where we were coming up with songs in rehearsal we'd come up with song fragments and then like work on them outside of rehearsals as well and uh, eventually the story of the show sort of congealed with a, a little plot luck party that the staff held where we just like put our heads together to come up with a big overall arc for the show and then we did more improvisations to figure out like those individual beats like making sure that the actors were really coming up with the scenes and a lot of lines of dialogue and then we whipped it all together into a script in March, at the beginning of March. And then we've, from then on, we just rehearsed it like a regular show. And now we're about to go into Tech Week uh, as of this recording. It's amazing. What has the developmental process been like with such a new and creative idea? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's very delightful because basically we as staff are discovering this show at the same time as these actors are. And it's very, very sort of, there's a lot of like back and forth and call and response that goes on. Like some actor will come up with some like brilliant bit of business, like some great line or some idea. And then we'll be like, oh, that's cool. And we'll go off and leading up to the next rehearsal, like talk amongst ourselves and figure out like some sort of, scene or scenario that could like build off of that idea and and develop it and then we'll sort of like go in and figure and like put our actors together to work on that scene and then like more brilliant stuff will come out of that and it just like gives us like a lot of opportunity to like mess around with stuff i mean we've got two young people in the cast right now who basically didn't they weren't interested in being magical people at all so they're just playing like two regular guys and we're like okay like how are these guys like how do they feel about being at magic school and i actually ended up writing a song i like only know how to play you know three chords and stuff but i wrote like this little like punk rock song about being a regular human at magic school and like gave it to them to perform oh my gosh and we had another actor who like he wanted his character to be like a, a gardener in the school greenhouse, but also a student, but also an astronaut. And so we're like, okay, how is that going to work? And it ended up developing into like this really 
really lovely scene that sort of became the emotional heart of a lot of the early development process where it was a scene where three magic students like find another magic student sort of like hiding in the greenhouse because she's feeling socially anxious and they try to like coax her out of the greenhouse and that scene just came up out of whole cloth like with just these young people coming up with this scene on the fly and it's pretty much like in the play exactly as is like i i'm sort of the script supervisor i use big air quotes around that job title for action play so it was sort of my job to knit all the various elements of the show and our various improvs together but that scene really i like barely touched it i was basically just like transcribing like an iphone video of them coming up with it so just like the creativity is just off the charts and i get so excited coming in to build the show with them every day because there's just always some fabulous new idea that's gonna get thrown into the mix it's so cool that is amazing how many years has this been going on for? Yeah, yeah. It was founded by our executive director, Aaron Feinstein, about 11 years ago. So it's been going for quite some time. We've got a few productions of ours that have been filmed that are up on the internet. Uh, there's one called Surreality TV, another called Welcome to My World. And I joined up in 2019. So I ended up working on a virtual show that we did in 20... Gosh, I think we did it in 2021, ultimately. It was called A Questionable Case. It was like a YouTube filmed show done entirely over Zoom, a Zoom musical. And that was basically the first show that I worked on essentially as a volunteer. And then I joined up as director of programs when we were just preparing to transition out of virtual back into in-person and we ended up creating a show called The Surface or that one time Atlantis washed up on the beach. So that was a very exciting experience as well. And now for this process, we've been in the rehearsal room in person from the very beginning, which has been so, so exciting and so creatively fertile. It's really, really cool. I mean, doing it virtually was really interesting, too, because a lot of folks, you know, some folks had a hard time with the technology, obviously, but a lot of folks in the cast, like, really came out of their shells. Like, there was something about the security of a Zoom room and especially a smaller breakout room that really, really sparked some very, very interesting ideas and some really cool acting choices from folks. So it, I'm hoping to someday somehow find a way to integrate virtuality into the in-person action play show in a way that doesn't, you know, make people just feel like their brains are frying. But uh, maybe give it a few years. Like, actually, a big part of the plot for this show is Magic School goes virtual at one point, and that definitely came out of, like, the, the cast's great frustrations with Zoom. Many of them are in high school, so uh, it, it was very, very easy for them to draw upon that frustration. <laughs> Well, I was gonna that was gonna be a question I was about to ask is what is about the age range of your your cast and crew? Yeah, yeah. The official age range where you're allowed to join Ames is 13 through 22. You're allowed to stay on beyond that age. Once you've joined, our door is always open. We've got a lot of recurring players in our company, essentially, who have just come back year after year and really grown into real leaders of the ensemble, in a sense, which is just so, so beautiful to see them grow over time. It's so amazing. Typically, folks will, like, age themselves out of the program, like, 
like once they're like 22 and older uh, and oftentimes they'll move on to other exciting theatrical opportunities. Like we've got one former cast member who is now part of the company for a new musical and development called How to Dance in Ohio. It's going to be the first majority autistic ensemble on Broadway, most likely, which is really, really wild. And we're so happy for this dude's success. He's this guy, Connor. He's really cool. But yeah, yeah. 13 is the youngest. And I think most of our ensemble this year is high school aged. And but it really, really runs the gamut. Like we've got college students and the group as well. And yeah, yeah, it's it's a very cool, very eclectic group. Amazing. Now, going back to OMG, it's it's magic school. Is there a message or a thought you are hoping that audiences will take away from the show? I feel like the big thing I want people thinking when they walk out of the theater is just, wow, these young autistic people made something really cool. <laughs> you know, I, I feel like oftentimes, you know, autistic or neurodivergent folks can be underestimated by the world because, you know, their way of interfacing with the world is different from the norm in some way. But I think just, you know, having opportunities for their creativity to shine and their ingenuity and just how cool they are. Like everybody at the cast is just like so cool. It's so awesome. Yeah, I just, it's really just as simple as, wow, these people are cool. Like, what are they going to do next? Uh, yeah, I just want folks to feel like excited. Be like, man, that show rocked so cool <laughs> i love that and i have no doubt that audiences will take away that mess or that thought my final question for this first part of the interview is who do you hope have access to the show i definitely of course want autistic and neurodivergent and disabled people in the audience i think it's it's such a cool community I feel very, very thrilled to be a part of it. And I definitely want folks to show up and like support these autistic and neurodivergent and disabled actors, artists, creatives, and just, you know, maybe if they're feeling uncertain about pursuing a creative endeavor, feel like, oh yeah, I could do that too. Definitely want like just folks in the theater world in general to check out what we've got going on. Um, I think like, you know, you have to sometimes be able to see something before you conceive of it. And with this, you know, the, the proof is in the pudding that autistic folks can really, really be such an integral and creative part of theater ensemble or the creative team of a theater show and you know just like letting folks know like yeah yeah we can do this too and just anybody who wants to go to a musical and have a good time like musical theater fans I mean the show I would say is perfectly accessible to anyone like ages eight and up I mean, maybe you could bring a baby to the show. I don't know. We're not really like aiming there. Like uh, they might not get all the jokes. It's uh, we use words generally in our shows. We haven't done a mime show yet. Although the door is always open, you know, if the, the cast wanted to just do a ballet and everybody was cool, they, you know, we'd do that. But yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. Anybody who just wants to see a lovely one hour musical and have a grand old time. <laughs>
show, for the second part of the interview, we like to uh, allow our listeners to get to know you a little bit better. And so I want to start by asking you what shows, playwrights, or composers inspire you or are some of your favorites? Yeah, yeah. So when I'm working on an action play show with the crew and, you know, it's like down to the wire for me to like compile the final script and like figure out like some lyrical thing. I feel like tonally the types of shows that are most akin to an action play show is stuff like Little Shop of Horrors, you know, like, you know, that because that show is so great in terms of its tone, because it's like very campy and very irreverent. But at the same time, it's very sincere. Like, it, it's not like faking an emotion. It really goes there. So it's like a, a mix of like the ironic and the genuine and heartfelt. And that's kind of how we roll at Action Play. We do very, very funny shows generally. I think they're hilarious and very irreverent. Uh, we we don't really do saccharin very well we're, we're never going to make like just like a sweet inspirational musical mainly because that's not usually what our actors are interested in most of the time they, oh, they just want to like kick butt and like do something fun so it, it's you know we we do like I think another interesting analog would be uh, Passing Strange by Stu. I mean, obviously, like, that's, like, a very, very unique show. But in terms of, like, just its playfulness and its sort of, like, punk rock edge, like, that's very, very true to the action play spirit in some way. Um, It's interesting, too. We've only ever done one musical that actually had like an explicitly autistic character it's called welcome to my world and that was only because like at the actor who sort of like pitched the idea for the show wanted to create a show centered around an autistic protagonist so it really comes from the young people at the end of the day and on that same tack i think other shows that i sort of try to draw inspiration from when we're like crafting the show together would be like just big ensemble shows like Ragtime or Into the Woods, like shows where you really can't land on any one specific protagonist or lead character because everybody is the star of the story, which is how it is in life. And it's also how it is in action play. Like we really work to make sure that everybody gets spotlighted at a certain point and just has a chance to like shine, show off their talents, like do something awesome, say something hilarious and just, you know, like show off the best of their talents. So we we love those like huge ensemble shows because we're working with a pretty big ensemble cast. Yes. What kind of building on that? Have you seen any great theater lately you might be able to recommend to our listeners? You know, last year at The Shed here in New York, I saw a really, really incredible piece of dance uh, by a company called Kinetic Light. They did a show called Wired, and it was such an incredible object lesson in integrating disability access into the aesthetic of a show, which is really what they're all about. Like, it, it was two dancers in wheelchairs, one dancer with cerebral palsy and there were apparently I, I didn't partake of this personally but like I wish I had because there were apparently like several different tracks of audio description there was like a little like piece of wire literally where you could like grab on if you were in the front row and feel the vibrations of the music throughout and it was just so cool and 
they're apparently putting it out uh, on video uh as of today may 8th it's gonna be up online until like june 12th and i i have no idea how it's gonna translate to video but it was a really cool piece. you know oftentimes with dance i can reach a point like a threshold where i'm kind of spacing out and i'm like it's like this movement looks very really great but this it went on for like a good while but i was like engaged the whole time so yeah definitely look up kinetic light and their show wired and check that out while that's still up online i'm gonna check it out after this tech week i'll tell you what that sounds amazing what is your favorite part about working in the theater? The camaraderie. I I really love bringing people together. And to theater is a very, very roundabout way of doing that. But like pretty much all my major social connections in my life have come through like working on a show with this person or that person. And I, I just love like sort of playing host to a certain extent, just like bringing people together both in like the cast and the team and in the audience i mean i was just like i was literally working in the scene shop of this theater for like the past couple of days like helping to just build the set and put it all together which like i haven't done in like years like definitely not since the pandemic but you know it was just such a delightful thing. I'd forgotten just like how satisfying and enjoyable that is. Just like literally making something with other people. And at the end of the day, being able to say, yeah, I did that. That's the coolest thing. Yes. Well, that brings me now to my favorite question to ask guests. And that is, what is your favorite theater memory? Yeah, yeah, it's it's interesting. I grew up in um Ann Arbor, Michigan, uh and I went to that that big university that's right there. The big <laughs> before blue. Uh, uh yeah, yeah, <laughs> totally. Before like going off to grad school at Sarah Lawrence and in my sort of like gap summer uh between Michigan and Sarah Lawrence, I was part of this really cool sort of community theater thing called Shakespeare in the Arb. It was founded by a really I haven't really talked about this to anybody yet, so I might get a little emotional, but um, it was founded by a really lovely woman who was a big mentor of mine in theater at Michigan. Uh, her name was Kate Mendeloff, and she actually uh, just passed away, I think, like less than a month ago. But she built this program where every summer... It was a real town and gown operation. Folks from University of Michigan and just folks from Ann Arbor would get together and put on like a Shakespeare show in this big forest, this man-made forest called Nichols Arboretum. And it was like a roving production. The audience would like get up and like walk from like glade to clearing to forest to field. And you would do different scenes there and you'd be dressed up in like Shakespearean clothes. And like, I just remember like being in the Tempest. I played Trinkula, which was like a dream role for me. So that was super great. And it was like raining on and off throughout the day. We were wondering if we'd have to like cancel the show because obviously, you know, rain, thunder, forest. <laughs> but it was just like we were doing the scene where Caliban goes. He gives that beautiful speech. Be not afeard. The aisle is full of noises. And just at that moment, just like this light rain started to drizzle over this audience of like all different ages in front of us and like a little rainbow formed like over the forest and it was like the most magical thing ever and it was all just like kate's work bringing this this unusual 
community together to make some theater. So that's that's kind of like the the gold standard for me in terms of like community and theater and community theater. It's just such a great word, community theater. I love it. Just you can't go wrong. It's peanut butter and chocolate. It's so awesome. <laughs> that is so cool. Oh my gosh. What an incredible memory. What a beautiful memory. I I'm yeah. literally sitting here listening to you describe that and I can see it all in my head and I'm like that's so beautiful that's so perfect oh thank you for sharing that yeah yeah do you or action play have any other projects or productions coming on the pipeline we might be able to plug I mean Ames is evergreen like that program runs like clockwork so you know we'll have our next production next year as well around the same time in May uh, so that's that's always going to be happening as long as action plays around. So, yeah, I mean, people can stay tuned uh, on our Instagram at Action Play Arts if they want to find out more about other stuff going on, because we'll occasionally play like a music gig or something around the city as well. We often get asked to perform at various venues and just like do a little set of some of our original songs, which is always really cool. So, yeah, yeah, that's the best way that people can keep posted on what we're doing our uh, goings on about town very cool and that's a great lead-in for my final question which is if our listeners want more information about omg it's magic school or about you action play network how can they do that how can they reach out to you you did mention the instagram at action play arts any other ways we can do get a hold of y'all yeah, I mean, I'm very reachable on my action play email. It's just jackson at actionplay.org. So, you know, I get folks all the time who are very curious about action play in various capacities. And I'll, I generally respond to them when I'm not like super deep in like a tech process. But yeah, yeah, yeah. People can just like shoot me an email and uh, reach out and they can always just bug me if I forget. Jackson, thank you so much for taking the time to sit down and chat with me today about the amazing organization Action Play Network, as well as this incredible show, OMG, It's Magic School. I really appreciate you taking the time today. Oh, my gosh. Thank you so much, Andrew. This has just been a blast. It's such a delight. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. My guest today has been Jackson Tucker Meyer, who is the director of programs at Action Play Network. And their upcoming show, OMG, It's Magic School, is playing May 13th and 14th at Baruch College's Rose Nagelberg Theater. You can get tickets and more information by visiting actionplay.org. And if you'd like to donate to this wonderful organization, head on over to their Instagram, at actionplayarts. There you'll find a link where you can donate via their link tree and help these amazing people out by giving whatever you can to keep this wonderful organization going and doing this incredible work that they're doing, working with this amazing community and putting on these amazing shows. You're not going to want to miss OMG, It's Magic School. It sounds amazing. We've got some links as well to be able to contact Action Play Network, as well as Jackson, that we're going to be posting on our episode description, as well as on our social media. But in the meantime, get your tickets now for OMG, It's Magic School. So until next time, I'm Andrew Cortez reminding you to turn off your cell phones, unwrap your candies, and keep talking about the theater.
In a stage whisper. Thank you. If you like what you hear, please leave a five-star review, like, and subscribe. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram at Stage Whisper Pod. And feel free to reach out to us with your comments and personal stories at stagewhisperpod at gmail.com. Our theme song is Maniac by Jazzar. Other music on this episode provided by Jazzar and Billy Murray. You can also become a patron of our show by logging on to patreon.com slash stagewhisperpod. There you will find all the information about our backstage pass as well as our tip jar. Thank you so much for your generosity. We could not do this show without you.